Welcome to the Brew Crew Review Podcast, the show by fans or fans of your Milwaukee Brewers. All right, welcome back to the Brew Crew Review Podcast, baseball fans. Um, joining me today, of course, is uh, uh, Scott and Vince. Um, how are you guys doing? Hey, we're doing doing well, Craig. Hey, Scotty, how are you? Great. Uh, how are you guys holding up? Um, a little bit better since there's a glimmer of hope of this thing called baseball. Um, so I guess that's what we're here to talk about. Um, Scott's doing fine, I'm sure. Um, yeah. So yeah. slowly in. descending into madness, but yeah. Oh, and alcohol right. and alcoholism too, Scott. No, that's how mad I've been getting. Like, I actually just realized the other day, I was like, wait a second, I haven't had a drink in like 10 days. And I was like, what am I doing? So, wait, what? Wait, yeah. didn't you see a handlebar mustache now, though, Scott? Yeah, I'm trying to, well, I mean, I can't get a haircut. So I'm like, I may as well just go full bore with it. So I had a mustache for the first uh, six weeks as well, Craig, just so you know. I had to. I had to shave it because, um, you know, hanging out with the girlfriend's parents and stuff, I, you know, I just felt like maybe I should look somewhat respectable, but, um, yeah. 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 So anyway, That's Christian cool. Yelich shaved his now too, but. Yeah. And I already saw that one, but all right, well, let's talk about a little bit of the potential, um, positive news. I know that last time we talked at length about, whether or not there will be a 2020 season, there was a little bit of pessimism um, that that it was definitely not happening anytime soon. And I think we kind of speculated that the best case scenario would have been baseball back in July. And it looks like we were kind of right on that guess, Demet, because MLB uh, did get together earlier this week and kind of hashed out a possible proposed starting of the season plan. Of course, there's still negotiations that have to happen between them once they propose it to the players union and whatnot. And there's, I'm sure, tons of hurdles still to clear, so to speak. But um, what is clear so far is that if indeed they work things out here in the next week or two, um, it'll probably come to light that spring training will start, uh, spring training number two, if I guess they're calling it, since spring training one started and then abruptly stopped mid-March. But um, would probably start sometime about the second week in June and last about three weeks with the hope of an actual MLB opening day for teams to start at the beginning of July. Um, now, I'm sure if you guys, as big baseball fans and listeners of our podcast, are probably aware of some of the more of the details, but I'll kind of throw some more out there that are kind of important. Um, with this plan, um, there was it's no longer the quote-unquote Arizona plan, which they were going to try to, play have all teams to stay in the state of Arizona play at spring training complexes and whatnot and then it kind of went to another plan of playing also in Florida and then expanded to possibly add in Texas into the loop too now I think supposedly the proposal again none of this was official by any means yet but the new proposal would be that all teams would play in their home stadiums without fans uh, for at least the beginning parts of the season but most likely the full season um, and um, the biggest, I think, alarming thing um, or change, so to speak, would be that they're going to break up baseball into three divisions 
uh, regionally and kind of throw out the AL and NL, so to speak, part of it. And so basically um, all teams from both the AL East and NL East will play each other, um, and that's it. And the same thing, NL Central, AL Central. <clears throat> and then and, uh, obviously, you see where this is going. But the Craig, AL Craig, West, Craig, Craig, what yeah. is that cough? Oh, that's just uh, it's a little bit of a dry cough, and some other symptoms. I'm sure it's just something, but anyway, um, oh, I'm no. doing good. So, are you, um, are you sure? Are you okay? So far, so good. Okay. But no, I think that's just uh, could be allergies, could be something worse, but who knows? Just try to ignore all the symptoms I normally have. So we'll see. Are you wearing a mask um, at present? No, I'm not, but I'm also... Alone are you, are you six feet away from your uh, microphone, or no? Uh, no, not really. Maybe about six inches. Oh, no. I try to keep our intern, uh, the intern out here, six feet away at all times. I don't know about your intern, Scott, but... Um, yeah, I know. I just uh, got rid of him. I, I just basically just let him loose. No, them. Them? Them, I told oh, them. Okay. I told them to um, fend for themselves. Yeah, make things. In a post-apocalyptic world, like you got to be able to carry your own weight, and they were well. And now they can file unemployment with the state of Nevada, so that's nice. Well, no, I, it wasn't a job. They, I wasn't paying them. <laughs> so. Good luck. Anyway, sorry, Craig. Just want to make sure you're Well, there, okay. there's some more details of the proposed plan, but I guess I'll talk about them as the podcast goes on. But let's get your initial reactions on, I guess, that good slash sock shocking and interesting news regarding this proposal to possibly start MLB at some point here uh, by the beginning of July. Uh, yeah, no, Craig, uh, it, I agree. I think we pointed out on our last podcast, which unfortunately was a number of weeks ago now, that um, – at that point, South Korea and Taiwan uh, had talked about opening up their professional baseball leagues, and they have been able to do it. So that is one piece of good news, I think, as Major League Baseball looks to the future and and kind of what we can expect for this year. They're currently, uh, in those two countries, doing it without fans, um, which goes kind of without being said uh, that we're going to have to do here in the U.S. as well. Um, you know, the one question that comes into play, and Craig, you mentioned, I think, the original geographic plan was to play games in Florida or Arizona and uh, that that really hasn't been talked about as much recently. One, one issue that we're going to have is like local governments are at different, at different points in allowing people to, you know, congregate or to be back into businesses. And, you know, I saw that today um, as we tape this Los Angeles, for instance, had asked to extend their stay at home deadline until you know, another, I think it was into July, you know, so we, Major League Baseball has to really consider some of those local ordinances or uh, bands that are in place. And I don't know how that's going to affect the schedule. So I think that that's really an interesting conundrum to to think about in, in terms of Major League Baseball and how a city like Los Angeles might react versus a city like, um, you know, Milwaukee or the Twin Cities or, or, you know, in Texas where there's a little bit uh, of a loosening of restrictions going on right now. So I, I think that MLB is really going to have to answer some of those questions before we really get too excited about the upcoming season. Scott, what are your thoughts? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I'm happy that we're talking about it. Um, you know, I guess you have to talk about it. That's like getting you one step closer. But um, I still feel um, pretty pessimistic about the whole thing. Like every everything that I've heard so far, like there's there's just a lot of hurdles and there's so many um, there's so many different factors and so many like things that are still up in the air that um, the dynamic, as Vince kind of stated, like the dynamic of every different city, every different state um, is, is not only uh, different depending on the situation, but those situations are so fluid. And, you know, I mean, like even, um, like even with uh, Korean baseball, like, so um, Korea has done a great job with all this, but now uh, they're having like another, like sort of mini outbreak kind of thing going on in Seoul. And they're like, well, we might have to shut it down. And so, like, what does that mean for Korean baseball? Like, I mean, there's so many things up in the air. It's just, it's it's still frustrating. But, you know, it, moving in the right direction, right? Yeah, no, you guys both echo some interesting points. And definitely that my thoughts, too, were like, I, I originally was like, okay, this Arizona plan that was talked about less than a month ago made a lot of sense, um, to me at least, that, you know, you kind of keep them localized and kind of control and you can still televise everything. And uh, I, it, it seems to like, you know, escalate in a real big hurry to go from that plan and to then also expanding a couple states. And also now the actual plan supposedly is everyone playing their own stadiums. I was just completely flabbergasted that. I, I, I mean, you're also talking about, we're not talking about, you know, just the U S too. There's, you know, Canada is involved in all this with, Toronto having a team, obviously, and I don't think they're they're willing to start playing baseball in Canada right now. So I mean, and of course New York is still like an epicenter, and you got two MLB teams there. I mean, obviously we're talking about July, and hopefully things are you know different then, but you just never know. Um, so to me, I think getting a bait at some point it became very clear that 2020 was going to be a, a year like no other in everyone's lives right now. Uh, and um, MLB happening at all was going to be a huge, uh, you know, question mark. And it went from being that to kind of a smart way to go about it. To now, to me, I, it's like I almost feel like the momentum, the momentum, the momentum is there, and to start a season for sure. But it's like I, I think that they're not going about it smart enough, and that they're setting themselves to possibly have this and you know start up and that not have a completion of the season or playoffs or anything like that because of how I guess chaotic and stupidly they're going about it because like Vince's point, the entire country uh, in the world for that matter is just handling it all in different ways and different methods. And especially here in the U S where where it affects MLB baseball, you know, for instance, uh, not to get too much into details, but here in Wisconsin, the Wisconsin Supreme court just uh, struck down the governor's orders that had to stay at home, go through May 26th. And, um, in doing so, two of two cities, I know Madison and Milwaukee, both immediately uh, localized, uh, put the order back in place locally. So, um, and again, this can be mm-hmm. done on the county level, city level, and it's like complete chaos, in my opinion. Um, well, it, here in this yeah, state, no, great. And, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I, no, I was just going to point out Washington, D.C. is the same way right now, too, you know, uh, living out here, and we're we're in a city that happens to have cases that have 
uh, doubled in the last couple of weeks, and it's it's sort of becoming a bigger hot zone than it was before. So, you know, a city like Washington is weird because it's the federal government is there and starting to reopen up a little bit, but then Washington itself just extended another five weeks, I think, um, you know, four weeks, something like that. So it's 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 really variant by location. I think that some areas have not been as hard hit. You know, Phoenix tends to be uh, an area, or it looks like to be, to be an area that is not as hard hit as, you know, New York or LA or even Seattle. And um, so I, I don't know. I just don't know how that's going to work where you've got cities at, at very different uh, temperatures, so to speak, and in, in their recovery from all this whole thing. And uh, Milwaukee, Craig, I'm sorry to cut you off. I didn't mean to do that, but um, you know, you're right. Wisconsin just had a decision today. So I, I don't know what Milwaukee itself is going to do and whether or not Miller Park could even be a feasible venue, uh, given the fact that Milwaukee extended that uh, today after the Supreme Court decision at the state level. Yeah, and, and again, we're, most of this is still only extending into June for most places in the U.S., and that's why they're probably targeting that July start time. Um, so we'll see how it goes. Um it just seems like the, it, there's like Scott's saying, there's so many hurdles and there's so many things that can go wrong because I, I just, I guess I question that there, to me, it went a little bit on the greedy side to think that, Oh, let's play in everyone's stadiums. Cause I don't see that without having fans in the stadium, I don't see the point of that, I guess. Um, and, and to me, the, why, I, why I speculate it happened and that plan got hashed because there's still some hope that somehow this entire virus will be squashed by September, October, and that therefore at that point when it's playoff ticket time, they can fill the stadiums up again, or at least partially with actual fans at some point in 2020 season. I think that's completely naive and ridiculous, and it's most likely not going to happen. So I think that they wanted to set it up that way, but I, you know, I, I don't get it. I, I, I think that's really risky, and I think they're more likely that the season can get torpedoed, so to speak, uh, once it starts up um, with this plan, as opposed to the Arizona plan, and and I almost feel that maybe maybe it'd be good if they had a plan B and that they could, you know, just say, all right, let's all go to Arizona and, and finish the season. I, I just don't know if it'd be feasible at that point. Uh, it almost seems like they're leaving, you know, Arizona or Florida open for in case you know teams like Toronto just aren't able allowed to play in their own city. Well, then they'll send them to have their quote unquote home games and a venue where they're allowed to. Uh, but again, the you know, obviously the players and their families, everyone's going to have to agree to this whole plan, whatever it is. Uh, and so that's another, I think that's the biggest hurdle because they're the ones putting themselves at risk. And then of course, it sounds like there could already be some squabbling about, uh, co- you know, pay compensation. Uh, and there's some, you know, talk already that uh, the players aren't happy because there's supposedly something agreed upon as far as like uh prorated salaries um, from when the season was going to start. And there's some talk that the owners want to reduce that based off revenue streams. And I, and I think that's really foolish, um, but we'll see. Hopefully all that stuff gets hashed out behind the scenes, so to speak in the next couple of weeks. And, you know, if it doesn't, it's just beyond ridiculous um, that, that, that part of it, you know, the business end of it can't get hashed out when, um, you know, the, the plan to, would actually be in place to start something up. So we'll see. Yeah. Craig, you know, yeah, I don't know if I'd use the word naive uh, to think that there might be baseball in home ballparks by August or September. I I hear what you're saying, though. I, I You know, I think it's kind of 
I'm very optimistic uh, to think that I, I think that the ideal goal of course is to get back to normal as soon as possible. So I, you know, I don't want to just call it naive. I, I think that's an admirable goal and they should be shooting for that. But I, I would be fine with them looking at Arizona or Florida for, you know, the first, you know, say that you just announced you're going to do it in July and then go from there and you can, you can, you know, schedule August in those ballparks again or things have cleared up and that has somehow worked. We can go back to somewhat normal for August and September. I, you know, I, I don't know if they want to call though the entire um, home schedule at this point for three or four months in advance. Uh, so I, I can, I can kind of see both ends of that to be, to be totally honest. Yeah. Now, given the fact that there has to be an actual spring training, second part of the spring training where they have to ramp back up for a couple of weeks, I, I'm assuming both of those are still going to be in the, the traditional spring training locations of Florida and Arizona, respectively. So since that they were, the teams are going to have to go there and be there already for the you know first three weeks of, before the actual season starts, I just don't see why that wouldn't have just been a good you know plan to keep all – you know just keep continue playing games there. I mean, this is going to be something that's just for television, obviously at this point and for fans, you know, you know, fancy sports and all that good stuff and betters, whatever you want to say. But I mean, the nation does need baseball back for a morale, you know, factor um, to kind of get things back to normal, so to speak. Um, but this is this season, whatever it does turn out to be, if it turns out to be, is going to be anything but normal. Um, and I guess one way to segue into that um, is the fact that a couple of things are already thrown out there. I'll, I'll, I'll just throw them all out there, and you guys can discuss whichever one of it that you find interesting. But uh, it's already almost a foregone conclusion, that the, and the players have signed off on it, that there will be D, a DH coming to the NL teams also for this year. The rosters are most likely going to – the 40-man rosters will likely be expanded to about 50 players, I'm hearing. And that the, you know, uh, 25 man rosters are probably, or 26 man rosters actually this year was the first, going to be a first for that, are going to probably be expanded to about 30 players. And then also, as far as teams making the playoffs instead of the traditional five per league, there's going to be seven uh, teams per league. So there'll be a little bit almost of an expanded playoff. And uh, let's see, there's one other thing I was going to point out. But uh, yeah, those are kind of some interesting tidbits. Um, that this, you know, whatever the 2020 season is going to be, or it's going to be definitely different than normal. Yeah, I mean, and Tom Carter, our anonymous source, has been reporting on all this stuff for us, and we really appreciate that. But, Scotty, what do you think? Um, I I mean, it, it all sounds really weird. I mean, I guess I have I have hit, like, the last stage of, of grief with uh, the DH, I guess. Like, I, I, I've hit acceptance. I – realize that this is probably going to happen with the next collective bargaining agreement anyway. And as much as I um, like to see uh, not necessarily pitchers hit, but just more strategy involved because pitchers are typically light hitting. So uh, there's more like, it's more of like manufacturing a run instead of like just watching walk strikeout Homer all day. Like it's kind of nice to see a little bit uh, of variety in there, but um yeah, I mean, I guess it's good that both the AL and NL will be doing the same thing because that, that never really made sense to me. I mean, I would prefer that actually both teams would have the uh, would have pitchers hit, that. but yeah, if I if I have to, um, I, I guess I would prefer that. But you know, DH all the way around makes sense. That's that's fine. 
Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree. At this point, I'm, you know, it's weird because I've been a baseball purist for a long time and kind of just, you know, instinctually cited on the idea that the National League should pitchers hit. At this point, though, for 2020 guys, I'm just excited for any baseball at all. I mean, if we play 50 games, if we play 80 games, if we play 100 games, whatever it is that we end up playing, I'll be excited for any baseball at this point. It's just, you know, I, I, I may be able to speak for all of us and just say that, you know, my 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 just normal routine has been thrown so far off by not having baseball uh, at this point in the year. I mean, it's after – Mother's Day, we should be six weeks into the season by this point, and it's just it's it's just crazy to think about that this has had this big of an effect on uh, on everything. So I'm just excited for baseball in any way, shape, or form. Um, that's kind of where I line up on this. Yeah, that was the that was the other point I want to throw that I forgot to mention is the fact that it's most likely going to be right around an 80 game season. There was some talk that they might try to play a 100 game season and with and stack a ton of double headers in there somehow, or even have the season go deeper into especially with the Arizona plan, uh, you know, the, the weather's staying warmer and they could have probably played, you know, close to into late November, December, if they needed to finish the playoffs with that plan. But back with the, this plan, I think they decided that, Hey, let's just do half a season, you know, traditional 162 game season, they can get 80, 81 games in or something like that, you know, call it a day and then just do the, you know, slightly expanded playoffs with seven teams from each league making it. And with that, there was going to be, well, again, we can say this for a future podcast, but, maybe, but even with that seven playoff, where there's some interesting things, they were going to give the the top seeded team in the, in each league a bye week for the first series, I guess, and then the other six teams would play three game series to advance to the next round. Um, the weird thing about also they were allowed the second seeded team to pick whichever team they wanted to play against, and so forth. Uh, the third seed team then would get to pick the, whichever their point. And that's the part of it I don't like. I think that's ridiculous. But somehow they think that that's going to add add something to baseball. I, I, what do you guys think about that, I guess? Uh, I personally would say that, like, I mean, the idea of rewarding the best team in each league uh, to be able to have a bye in the first round, uh, I'm totally okay with that. Um but the part about like choosing your opponent just seems kind of stupid to me. I mean, that's not really the way it works. I mean, usually it always goes by seating. Um, I, I don't want to say that I don't like it just because, oh, that's the way it's always been. Like we do seating and stuff, but like, I, it just, it just doesn't seem right. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I've never heard of that in any other sport and then I, I try to envision it and it, it just seems dumb to me. Yeah, I tend to I tend to agree, and you know this is this is one of many ideas that Commissioner Rob Manfred has had that this sort of puzzles me a little bit. Um, you know, again, this is such a weird year already that uh, I guess if it happens, it happens. But I'm of the opinion that number one, that no precedents that are set this year should be um, kind of held uh, for 2021, that we should kind of go in 2021 back to normal, but um, I mean, if it, I, I don't understand why you would even propose that, to be totally honest. It doesn't seem to make much sense. And I think that, you know, when that rumor came out, it was that fan interest would be peaked. I mean, I think the fan interest at this point is just in any sports, uh, any baseball at all. So I don't think it's necessary. Um, and that's that's kind of where I come down on it. It's, it's a little bit unnecessary and kind of gimmicky. 
uh, is the best. Yeah, I don't even get. I don't even get who gets to make that decision. Is it the GM? Is it the field manager? I mean, is it the owner of the team? Who gets to pick which opponent you're going to take on? Because, I mean, that's a responsibility most people wouldn't even want. If you pick pick a team that you thought you were going to steamroll over and then all of a sudden they beat you, you're like, you know, your fans are going to be upset. Like, hey, you should have picked this team. We usually beat them or whatever. You know, there'll be a lot of second guessing. And, and, and not only that, but it's almost like bulletin board material for the uh, team for the underdog team. We're like, Hey, they, they wanted us to play. Well, let's take it to them. Then, you know, it's like, uh, I don't know if I, you know, I just feel like defaulting to the other team, like you guys pick all, we'll, we'll just beat whoever's left. You know, I don't know. I just that, don't like that. that, that a, of it. That's a really good point, Craig. Uh, no, I just was chiming in. That's a, that's a really good point to, to, to mention the bulletin board material thing. I think that's kind of an underrated aspect of that whole thing. And, yeah, I don't know who makes that call. I mean, yeah, is it is it an owner? <laughs> is it a GM? Is it a manager? Is it a vote by the players? I mean, nobody really knows how that would even work, practically speaking. So I, I don't yeah. really know. I guess I guess there'll be some decision in place, but who knows? It hasn't been passed or proposed, you know, agreed upon yet. But actually, I don't even like the buy the top seeded buy part of it, and mostly because of I guess I would call it momentum. A lot of teams that you know make it to the World Series usually. Um, you know, coming this season a lot, of, I mean, the postseason a lot of momentum. And I think that can kind of break that up. For example, last year, and Vince is well aware of this, you know, being a D.C. resident, but the Nationals, and, and Brewer fans for that matter, the Nationals came from behind and beat the Brewers in a wild card camp game in kind of dramatic fashion. And then they just kind of kept that momentum going throughout the entire playoffs um, and ended up being world champions because of that. And I feel like they were given like a, you know, half a week bye, so to speak. At the beginning of the season, um, you know, their hot streak going into the, the postseason would have kind of been negated in some way. Um, so I'm not even a big fan of that end of it. I mean, I, I get that they should deserve, you know, to not have to face a first-round opponent or whatever, but I, I still think that, that some teams would even be against that, I guess. I, I don't know. I, I think the whole thing wasn't very well thought out, to be quite honest. Yeah, it'd be one of those things probably where, yeah, I think every team would like um, the idea of, like, oh, well, we get like three days, so that's perfect. Now we can set our rotation, you know, like start with our ace, that kind of a thing. But, um, you know, if you were saying, well, I mean, you might have to sit through, um, you know, a potential wild card game in a three-game series or, or something like that, and then next thing you know, your team might be waiting up to a week or something like that just to be able to play, then I, I don't think any team uh, would want to do that. I mean, that seems like way too long to sit, exactly what you're saying. And I guess this would do away with the wild card game altogether. And again, this could just be for the 2020, uh, you know, weird season or whatever. And hopefully they get back to normal next year. But if, if they end up liking it, they might implement it fully. And that'll piss me off because to be quite honest, I like the whole wild card game and the one game playoff thing. And you guys got to attend the actual NL wild card game last year. I know on DC and uh, it's, it's like a, you know, game seven of a playoff game. Yeah, thanks, a, Craig. Elimination game. Thanks, Craig. Too yeah, soon. Thanks a lot, Craig. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Trent Grisham, cool. Yeah, it was great. We just traded him. We're like, get out of here. You're great, but like, <laughs> we just—it's just horrible. No, actually, you um, guys have to admit that it was a pretty. It was a the classic feeling game, the pit in my mean. stomach still has barely left. I mean, we haven't played a game since then. Yes, yeah, I thought you guys would be able to bring home the victory, but I mean, the bottom line is it was a very <laughs> exciting and classic game, and in, in some sense, obviously the Brewers came on the short end of it, but. But the bottom line is it's kind of like a built-in elimination game, almost like a game seven of a playoff. And 
I like that aspect of it, especially to kick off the postseason, the MLB, I guess, and they'll be taken away. And, and, and these, I, I'm actually kind of really against, I like the one-game playoff, and I like five-game series or seven-game series. For some reason, I just don't like the three-game series. I don't feel that that for sure, you know, allows the best team to emerge a three-game series. I just don't. I mean, three-game series, the entire MLB schedule is built on three-game series. And, and all baseball fans are very well aware that not – not, not always does the best team come out with a series victory of a three-game series. It just doesn't always happen. So, I mean, but, but Craig, I'd the same could be have... said for the one the one game. You know, I mean, that seems like such a more random random victor uh, sometimes emerges during that one game set than even well, a three yeah, game. Of I, yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, in theory, you think, you know, you have a better chance to be the better team in three-game set, but it's not necessarily – I'd rather go with the five-game set. But, again, that extends the the team getting the bye, sitting for longer. So, to me, it's just – I don't like it, but whatever. We'll see what happens with it. And as far as the DH goes, I guess I didn't comment on that. Again, I'm just like you guys as a baseball purist. I I like the the differences between the two leagues. And like Scott said, I would rather have the pitcher hit through both leagues. But with that being said, I do understand that there's momentum for it. There's more money for the players. There's more job. Basically, there's you know more jobs now for you know people to, to be DHs in leagues, uh, and so to speak, yeah. uh, on rosters. And so I get that. Um, but um, I, I don't know. I just I'm gonna miss you know that aspect of it, like the small ball aspect, of it, like Scott said. Yep. Hopefully, you know, we'll see. Um, to- to- totally, totally agree with that. I think. The only, the only thing is, and I, I think we're all on the same page, but if that's one of the concessions that the owners have to give up to the players' union to, you know, kind of work out some of the economic issues of this weird season, then so be it as far as I'm concerned. You know, I I would much prefer the, the pitcher's hit uh, in the NL, even in both leagues. But, um, you know, again, if that's a concession that has to be given up for this year to have any baseball, then, then so be it uh, at this point. Oh, Absolutely. I mean, this segues us into talking for, for the very first time in a while about actual Brewer baseball because um, yeah. looking at the Brewers' roster, you know, now let's just assume at this point that if 2020 season happens, there will be a DH for the Brewers on a per-game basis, obviously. Yeah. Um, and I think this kind of solves that little log jam that was created when we signed Ivisal Garcia uh, yeah. and Ryan Braun really didn't have a place to play so to speak and I think there was some talk that he was going to between at first with Smoke I never really bought that um, so now I think that he him and Garcia will switch off you know playing corner outfield in the DH spot for the most part and so I think Ryan Brown will get a pretty full slate of that bats given you know if, of yep. course if he's healthy yeah yeah no to me Ryan Braun is our starting DH if there's a DH in the National League then then Braun's our guy, you know, it saves his knees somewhere in there. He's had some back issues. He's had, uh, you know, other issues that I think were mostly defensive related on uh, how he picked up those injuries or sort of nagging uh, health concerns. And I, I think that um, being a DH might solve a lot of those, a lot of those issues. Yeah. Well, and the other I'm, part too, though, that we're, we're going to have to take into consideration is one, um, nobody's really going to get even 400 at bats probably over the course of an entire quote, like 80 game season, but um, you're still going to want to keep a guy like Ryan Braun fresh. So, I mean, it could be a weird thing where, you know, Braun only gets, you know, say 
you know, 200, 250 at bats. I mean, that's still definitely on the table. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, but again, it's always one of those things where you always want uh, Lambert Brown's bat in the lineup um, as much as possible if you're trying to win games, I feel. I mean, obviously he's entering the twilight of his career, but he proved in the last couple of seasons he still is a pretty feared hitter when, he, when, when he's healthy. So, um, and not only that, but the 2020 season is really his last year under contract for the Brewers, and uh, there'd be really strange way for him to go out in this crazy season that's forthcoming, most likely. But hopefully, like the Brewers can have an Alex branch extended to him and maybe like bring him back, kind of like uh, the, the Nats did with uh, Ryan Zimmerman, even this season, um, where really his career is kind of nearing the end, and they don't really need him on the roster. But you know. He's a franchise icon at this point, so it'd be really cool. My opinion, if they somehow find a way to, if, if Ryan's open to it, to come back beyond this season uh, for, you know, obviously not reduced contract, but um, I'm sure with, with a DH going forward, you know, there'd at least be a spot for him, that's for sure. I wanted to ask uh, one thing too. I, I know we kind of briefly sort of touched over it when we were kind of recapping everything, but. Um, What's the um, what's the point exactly of everybody playing in their home stadium? Like I've heard a couple different kind of reasons or theories on it, but um, I kind of wanted to go over like some of those reasoning, uh, some of that reasoning, and then um, kind of what you guys' thoughts are on it. I'll let you go first, Vince. If you, I, I mean, I had heard, that. I had heard reasons like. Um, well, they're better equipped, like they have better facilities and better training, um, you know, kind of options available. I heard that it's better because um, they're equipped to be able to handle like instant replay and like the, a lot of the other stadiums that they were considering, um, like spring training facilities weren't. Um, I had heard one that was like, the signage is advertising the local companies and that's a good way to like kind of keep that revenue stream going. Um, but actually the one that I was thinking of that um, I, th I think is most likely is that I, I think that MLB, at least if they do that, they're able to kind of open up the possibility that if, if things do clear up and fans are able to actually attend some of these games, like, maybe at the very, like toward the end of the season or playoffs, even that um, it'd be a lot easier uh, logistically because you'd already have the games at home. So I, I don't know. I mean, I've heard all those things. But I'm probably forgetting a couple of them, but just want to hear your, your take. I mean, I'm okay with it, to be honest. I think that if that's going to be the case, you're still playing in front of empty stadiums. Um, the question becomes, what are you going to do with um, – sort of the local ordinances against gatherings of a certain amount of people. Like, can you get a waiver for that? You know, if you're, if you're a team like the Dodgers, again, to use Los Angeles as an example, who just extended their stay at home stuff. If, if, you know, you get a waiver and your players are tested and anyone who's actually in the stadium with these players are tested, um, is that enough to, to, to receive some sort of waiver or, or not? Because there are the practical, practical concerns with this. And then, um, Craig, you mentioned before Canada, I, you know, they have some very strict 
uh, stay-at-home measures that are that are more strict than many of the U.S. states right now. Um, so, you know, is Toronto sort of the aberration, or are we going to get to a model where they can play uh, at home at any point in the near future? And I don't know the answer to that. So I think it it kind of depends on local political leadership in many ways to say that, you know, these cities are, are I, I guess, cleared is the wrong word, but at least cleared to play uh, baseball with guys who I assume are all going to be tested very, very regularly um, in order to, to play it all. Yeah, I, th- I think some of Scott's points uh, and the reasoning that he's heard are probably uh, all those make sense. And I think the number one reason is because of the open, leaving the hope or the door open for fans to possibly attend, even if it's a you know, a, a portion of the stadium. I mean, they could probably charge a pretty good ticket entry price if they're only going to allow a couple thousand people in the, in the stadium with premium seating or something like that. And it, it, I'm sure it's that part of the revenue that was, was really, you know, hopeful. Uh, and, and even thinking, well, if everything breaks right or there's somehow a vaccine or something by October or by September, we'll fill the whole stadium again. You know, obviously there's some wishful thinking there, but from a, uh, it's, basically the money talking. And I think that's what it really was. Uh, but what Scott said, probably right. Even with the revenue stream with having like the local, you know, advertising and signage and all that stuff is for, and also the capabilities of, you know, handling a really full on broadcast, um, quality product that they're going to have to put out, um, on television. Cause really that's where everyone's going to be watching this. All the fans are going to be watching this on television. So, I think all those are probably factors, but the number one is just that the hope that there can be fans and and stands at some point. Um, I will say that it just seems really risky. Now, for the NL, I mean, sorry, the the NL Central, AL Central, it seems like a lot of those those teams are fairly regionalized, but there's some risk there in travel. I mean, if you're you're traveling all within a state or even like in Arizona, you could have stayed pretty much in the same city, uh, for the most part, or the same, you know, greater Phoenix area. Um, and now you're talking, let's look at the AL and NL East. I mean, you've got teams like Toronto, you've got teams like Miami. That's quite a lot of travel, if you ask me. And then if you if you go over and look at the, uh, the West divisions, the AL and NL West, you've got Seattle Mariners, and you've got the Texas Rangers in that same division. That's uh, fair. That's covering half the country and travel. I, I just, I, I don't get it. I, I think that's re- really risky. And like Vince is saying, you know, there's going to be different rules and policies and, and politicians and, you know, things going on while during this entire, you know, close closures, openings, all this stuff. Like, I just don't, it just seems like it's going to be complete chaos and hopefully it's not, but it, I don't know. I'm very skeptical that this plan is going to work. Yeah, I think, one of the, if you really do want the, like, the best chance of success, I think you have to eliminate as many variables as you can. And I think, unfortunately, by, you know, if you're going to play in every home stadium, um, instead of having, like, um, you know, everybody in, like, say, two or three states, then, I, unfortunately, that's a lot more variables. And the last thing that I really want is for us to all get our hopes up and say, hey, we're going to play an 80-game season, full playoffs, like, let's go. And then 40, 50 games into it, we have to be like, oh, well, this area has a bright, like a massive outbreak. And so 
New York's out, so no more Yankees, no more Mets, and I'd be fine with that. But I think there'd probably be some people that would be upset with it. And the next thing you know, like, we have to shut it all down, and we played, like, 40 or 50 games for nothing. I mean, if that were to happen, which to me is, like, kind of the worst-case scenario, like, that, to me, that's actually worse than no baseball at all, is if we play it, like, get our hopes up and be like, oh, my God, Brewers are in first, like, let's go playoffs. And then the season's scrapped. To me, that's the worst-case scenario. But I guess I want to ask you guys as fans, would you rather have some baseball just for the entertainment value to watch it um, and then have the season be canceled, or would you rather have it canceled all the way? Like, if those were the only two options. Some baseball is better than no baseball. I'm going with that. I mean, Me too. Me, me too. I, without having to put, you know, health risk on any of the actual players or their families, I would prefer that there that there's some baseball in 2020. I, I mean, obviously it'd be disheartening if it started up and then it failed when your team's in the first place or something. But um, I like, yeah, I think to go the whole year without it, as Vince pointed out, I think our last podcast, um, there's never been a year since the inception of Major League Baseball where they've had to cancel the entire season. Um, we, haven't had a year, we haven't had a year like that since 1845. I mean, the Civil War didn't cancel professional baseball. So, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, that was quite a while ago. I don't remember that. So, um, <laughs> so I mean, I mean, we've had strikes. We've had several world wars. And, you know, I just feel like, you know, I, I think it's just, you know, it's America's pastime, and there's nothing more that America needs right now than a pastime to get their minds off this ridiculous health pandemic. And I really think that baseball is ripe to help with that. And so from that standpoint, I think it would be really cool for it to somehow get pulled off. I just hope that they're really, it, if this is the plan they're going with, I hope that they have a plan B. For instance, if there is a flare-up, like, like you said, in New York again, uh, where they're like, oh, they're not going to just eliminate <laughs> the Yankees and the Mets from the schedule. You know, Scott, they're going to have to have a plan B in place. And, and I'm a, like, for instance, they'll just have to relocate them to somewhere, you know, let's say in Arizona or wherever. Um, there can be a, a stadium that they can play safely uh, where there's no outbreaks. I don't know, maybe there's somewhere in Wyoming they can play, probably not. But I mean, there's got. You know, there's. I just hope that they have a huge plan B in place. But well, in that uh, weird... well, well, one 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 thing to point out, Craig, to that point, really quick, and it's very far fetched, but um, none of the proposals that I've seen so far uh, have included any aspect of minor league baseball, especially with these rosters expanding to 40 or 50 guys at the big league level. So you would, in theory, have minor league ballparks available across the country that could be used that are not being utilized. And, you know, cities in places like Montana or Wyoming, you know, states that have been hardly touched by this pandemic, quite frankly, you know, compared to other places like New York City. So, you know, um, of course, there's nowhere that's that's completely safe. But when you've got, you know, a city like Helena, Montana, compared to a city like New York, um, the risks are far less, you know, when you're, you're talking about now, I'm not the Yankees are going to end up in an A-ball stadium uh, in Montana, but I'm just saying that there are ballparks that, in theory, could at least host games, especially ones with fans not in attendance anyways. Well, in, yeah. in my doomsday scenario, like, 
half of a team would, you know, test positive for, for COVID or something like that. And so at that point, like every one of your stars is out and now you're going to, I guess, try to field uh, a team with as many fill-ins as you could from your minor leagues. I'm not sure what would happen in that scenario, but like something like that, like not just the city, but like the team gets, you know, infected or something. Yeah. And then, I mean, in their regional plan, if this, if that's what we're calling it or whatever, uh, and let's say a team gets affected and they have to self, they have to quarantine, including all the teams that they've played the last two weeks, they have to quarantine. Well, that kind of shuts down that entire division uh, for a couple of weeks. I'm wondering if with this plan, they're hoping that the other two divisions would still be able to play out their schedule somehow and just, the, you know, prorate the, I don't know how it would work. I, but uh, if, <laughs> who knows? But but maybe that was part of their thinking too, as far as like uh, maybe if it's regionalized and kind of quarantine. But if they're still traveling, I I just don't think the whole the whole traveling thing. I think it was a bad idea. I mean, that way you're not just risking you know the, the players and their families, but you're also now going to be risking all these actual communities where not to you know throw Arizona under the bus <laughs> or. Or for that man, but I, I mean, if we could have just had them localized in those two states, you know, there's all these facilities there to handle them already. It just seemed like a much better idea to, from the get-go to me. And I don't know, you know, the reason that they scrap they scrap those, and it, I think it's just due to all of a sudden this unfounded optimism almost. I don't want to call it totally unfounded, but it's a little bit too aggressively optimistic in my opinion at this point. But we'll see. Hope, hope for the best, I guess. I mean, not only that, though, but, like, there's so many people now that are, like, they're testing positive, but they're completely asymptomatic. Like, they wouldn't know that they had COVID unless, like, somebody actually gave them a test and said, yep, you had it. Um, So, like, scenarios like that, I mean, could you imagine, like, your your team, like the Brewers, and you're like, oh, well, you had five guys uh, test positive, so they're out, you know. By the way, they can't – they're not going to be able to play – uh, for the last month of the season or the first week of the playoffs or whatever it is. And then, but, but they're like, we're fine. Like we're totally fine. Like, I mean, it, it's just going to be, I could see like the frustration, like well, just these weird scenarios. The virus. Well, no, I mean, that's just it though. I mean, like that's why everybody's wearing like PPE and all that fun stuff. And it's like, I don't know. I mean, it, uh, imagine just saying like somebody that looks totally fine and they're like, well, I guess I'm a carrier. And like, I don't know, I'll wrap myself up like a mummy before I play or something, and like they they can't, you know? I mean, it, it'd just be so frustrating. It's uh, funny you should mention this asymptomatic uh, issue, Scott, because I think it's it's a huge issue that people aren't focusing on. And what's funny about it is that there's actually the Abbott Labs actually did this huge study. MLB uh, agreed to participate in, in the last month i don't know if you're aware of this but basically they tested like over 5,000 mlb front office employees and i think players too uh throughout all of mlb and um with you know as tests um for the virus and the good thing out of i think the 5,000 people they tested only i think it was about 600 i don't have the exact numbers in front of me about 600 just about one percent just over one percent of all um you know people involved in the study that they tested tested positive for coronavirus of that 600 um 70 of them were asymptomatic 
So they were potentially spreaders, had no symptoms, had no idea they had it, had no idea they were spreading it. And that's, I think, the scariest thing about this. And there was also similar uh, numbers, uh, I know, from a study that was done off of, a, I think, a, a naval carrier or something like that, where there was similar amount, of, like thousands of people, and about uh, 60% of them that were tested positive were asymptomatic, too. So, um, yeah, that, that, that's definitely going to be an issue. So <sighs> we'll see. But, I mean, hoping to stay positive, that's for sure. And, and I'd be super excited if we can have players out on the baseball field, that's for sure. Yeah, well, I don't know. We'll see what happens, I guess. But it's going to be an yeah. interesting couple of weeks. And I know we haven't taped in a while, obviously. But, um, yeah, I mean, frankly, it seems like every time that we're just about ready to tape, like something comes up or we're like uh, something changes. And, like, the last thing we want to do is just talk about something that's not going to happen. Now they actually have a, a plan. And it, if something new comes up, like I expect that we'll probably have a couple more episodes here as – uh, things develop, but yeah, it Definitely. should be fun. Yep. Uh, what, one other real hopefully, point, channel, uh, hopefully channel will be on our next show too. Yeah, I think he's taking advantage of the bars being open tonight or something here in That's the said, yeah. great state of Wisconsin. But uh, anyway, um, I'm sure Chad's life has been derailed in quite a few uh, fashions too, including having to teach from home. Um, what uh, I wanted to point out, the thing about the Meyer Leagues, obviously our show from the inception is kind of focused on the Meyer Leagues and the, the sad um, kind of casualty of 2020 most likely is going to be that there's going to be no Meyer League baseball for the most part. And uh, it, it'll be interesting because obviously the Brewers have prospects and all, all teams have a farm system where they're trying to develop players. And it's like, it's like kind of almost like missing a year of school or something like that. And all of a sudden, um, you know, you're thrown back into it the following year. And, um, I, I don't know. Like, I, I think that there possibly might be some type of plan in the works for the, for that. Not that all minor league players will be able to play, but uh, it's my understanding that they, they might try to create something kind of like a taxi squad situation where they probably take like their 20 most you know, MLB ready prospects and have them kind of on hand and possibly even playing the taxi squad of the team that they're playing that series, you know, whether it be a couple hours before the uh, the actual game or something like that, to actually have them do competitive games or something like that um, against one another to keep some of these almost ready. And not only that, but then um, if there's injuries or whatnot, and you have to you know pull from a you know you know find players from somewhere to fill a position, so to speak, they'd already be kind of on hand to just kind of call up, and they'd already be localized. Um, so I heard that that, that w- could be something in the work, which uh, I find kind of interesting, but uh, um, I don't know if you guys have any, heard anything about that or if you have any thoughts on that. This is really going to complicate my all-time Brewers project, I think, this year. Uh, yeah, it's possible. <laughs> Vince, do you want to explain Purple. that, like, just briefly for our fans that may not tune in every episode? Yeah, no, working on a, a all-time autograph collection for the Brewers franchise. So every guy that's ever played for the Brewers since they moved to Milwaukee for the 1970 season, it's 877 guys right now. Uh, if they expand the rosters to 50 plus all the guys who were new this year, anyways, it's going to be, uh, you know, adding quite a few new guys to that list. Usually, there's like 
I would say about 20 new guys per season overall over the course of the season, you know, guys that come up for either a cup of coffee or, or new players acquired via you know, free agency or trade. So I, I have a feeling I would bump up to like 30 guys, maybe 40 guys after it's all said and done. Wow. Yeah, it's possible. Quite an undertaking. Yeah, no, it really is. Yeah. We're still working at it. And I appreciate all your, your help with it, Scott. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you need uh, some interns, I know some recently let go so i can send them your way thank thank you very much <laughs> i know one of your most elusive autographs besides all the players i've actually passed on has actually been uh one of our colleagues uh chad collins um yeah i know he's still like get. seriously yeah no seriously craig he still has not responded i i really wanted to send that picture <laughs> from our booth to review the movie poster that we did and i i cannot get him to say yes to that so um, it is sitting there with three signatures right now, and I need—I really need a fourth to complete that thing for a future uh, baseball dugout man cave uh, type of thing. So yeah, it's, we're one of these days. Oh, you know, um, actually, Craig, just about everybody is done. Um, like all these different TV shows do their little like, oh, here's a, a special COVID special uh, of, uh, you know, like of. Uh, like I think like Parks and Rec did one and there was like a brief kind of sort of mini office reunion and stuff like that. And so uh, maybe it's um, not a bad idea to do like a little uh, kind of Brooke review, the movie, uh, like kind of, um, I guess, what would it be like an epilogue or something? Great point. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Might be good. A lot of editing to do for sure, but I think we're up to it. Yeah, well, yeah, no problem. Jerry Brooks. Kind of preview possibly our next podcast or at least a future one coming up. I We should point out that uh, the MLB draft will still be happening. It typically happens for the first week or two of June. And it's my understanding that it's actually still going to take place on starting on June 10th this year. So this will be before the actual season starts. Um, and for all of you, obviously the NFL did pull off their draft a few, about a month ago. Um, but uh, the MLB draft, unfortunately, it's normally about 50 rounds. It's going to be reduced to just five rounds this year. It's a little bit disheartening for a lot of, you know, amateur ball players. But, uh, uh, yeah, so five-round draft. So, again, we'll, we'll do kind of like a – preview all that and talk about you know diverse picks and all that stuff coming up before that but um yeah and, and also our thoughts on you know what that means to be reduced to a five-round draft on 50 and why that was done and all that good stuff but uh, so i won't we won't go into it now but but that was another piece of information that's kind of official at this point that the mlb draft will only be five rounds this year so hmm. interesting well i i hope that the brewers are uh, up to the task of being able to have as good of a draft as the the packers have because wow that was a just a um that was a draft <laughs> unreal it's like the worst draft i've ever seen <laughs> <sighs> well, so just so you guys, just so you guys know just so you guys know tim dillard was a 15th round pick by the brewers i want to point that out Mm-hmm. Yeah. So all the future Tim Dillards are, we might have signed them as free agents or something. I don't know, but it's kind of sad. Maybe, you know, I assume that they're going to televise probably all five rounds because there's nothing else on. Um, maybe we can be like um, 
some of the webcams that they have of like fans cheering or something like that. Um, yeah. Well, like, you can use our connection, T. T. Carter. I mean, Tom C. to uh, help us get hooked up with that. That'd be he, awesome. He's our Craig. He's our anonymous source. You got to say. You can't say Tom Carter. You got to say Tom C. or T. Carter. Or, yeah, or, you can't say you Tom Carter. I didn't. Oh. I'll, oh, sorry. Oh, whoops. Yeah, I thought. About that. Well, I meant. Well, I'm trying to keep yeah. his, one of his names anonymous, but it's whatever. okay. Well, well, we won't mention Tom Carter again. But yeah, thanks, thanks, Greg. Good point. Well, we can't all be winners. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I'm, I'm still kind of excited the fact that I, I think that the MLB season will happen in some form. Now, okay. I'm, I'm more optimistic about that, and uh, I guess in some ways I'm proud of overall the country being able to, you know. Uh, be disciplined enough to kind of, for the most part, um, you know, do these stay-at-home orders and derail or pause their life, so to speak, for a couple of months uh, and really kind of flatten the curve, so to speak, as far as not overwhelming our healthcare system. With um, and so I think that overall they've done a pretty good job of that as, as you know, citizens of the U.S. and kind of proud of that. I think they deserve a little bit of baseball, personally. Yes, we, we do, do, Craig. <laughs> yes, we do. Yes, I. I I totally yeah, Craig, you are a citizen. Jeez. No, I uh I agree. I, I think that you know, overall you've seen some areas that really have been able to uh nip this thing in the bud. So let's hope that things remain on that optimistic track and you know, as things start to reopen, I hope that people are still safe and sensible and, and precautious or uh, you know, making good decisions, uh, you know, as we go forward here as well. And you know, the sooner that happens, the sooner we're gonna see baseball. So I, I think that we shall keep that in mind. Hey, for what it's worth, um, every time I go to the grocery store, um, I make a point now to look at the cashier and just say, hey, I really appreciate you being here. Like, uh, I, it's so ridiculous. Scott, why don't you, Scott, why don't you yeah. just order online? Yeah, they uh, deliver. Um, sometimes I do, but like sometimes, you know, got to go out. and you know, I, Sometimes you have to get out of the house. I mean, if you stay in here, like I live alone. Like if I'm cooped up in here too long, like eventually I'm just going to start breaking down doors and yelling, here's Johnny. I mean, that's just the way, <laughs> that's the way it's going. Like, I mean, alcohol can only help so much. So. Um, well, yeah, but Scott, you know, you could go camping in the wilderness. There's no people out there. Yeah. But then I'm going to have the same scenario. I mean, I'm just going to be like out there alone with my thoughts and very little else i mean it's well maybe maybe beer beer helps but uh yeah. but no but I, like i go out of my way to like thank them and like uh like do it in like like uh, a real sincere way like i know they definitely appreciate it i know a lot of those people get are, are, they're getting like quote hero pay and stuff like that and i'm like oh wow you get an extra buck an hour to put your life in line thanks like but um <laughs> i i just um like, um, I, I think like first responders and all that, like they, they always get like kudos and things like that and not diminishing what they do, but like, it's kind of nice when like, you know, you give your, your kudos to the little guy also. And so like, uh, those, those, uh, other, there's plenty of other quote essential employees that, um, might not have like the, the, the greatest uh, jobs in the world. And I think it's important to let them know how important they are, not just now, but you know, kind of always. I'm just, I'm just envisioning this, um, I guess, 
high school age female cashier um, approach her manager after her shift uh, and be like, yeah, this man came in and he just bought about five pounds of bacon and some gummy worms or gummy bears or whatever. And he thanked me for fighting the good fight on the front lines. And all I did is scan his items. And, and wow. That's, <laughs> this guy and, and this guy this guy is a navy vet of all of all things yeah um no i actually um it, it's usually the opposite scenario where it's like um uh like the the last one was like i'd say probably about a 60 year old lady who is I, I mean i don't know her life but you know she's probably been a cashier for quite some time now and like you just let them know and you're like, Hey, you know what? Really appreciate what you're doing. Like, I really, I'm really happy that you're here and like able to help people like me. And like, and like, they like get like teary eyed, like, you know, it's a big deal. So, you know, let them know any way you can. Thank you, Scott. Wow. You made a cashier cry, <laughs> Scott. Yeah. Just like, just like, you, just like you used to do at Benos. What a great consumer you are, Scott. You're like an American hero. Well, Thank you, all, all the people on the front line. Wow, that's awesome. We all got to do our part. And, um, you know, if I ever actually do get um, unemployment money, like I'll, I'll be sure to put some of that in, back into the economy the only way I know how. Um, which, by the way, um, I ought to put like a quick uh, uh, shameless plug in here. By the way, I have updated my resume on LinkedIn. Uh, so um, if anybody wants to... Um, hire me like um money ball style you know where they just say hey um why don't you come join the oakland A's? you know i'll i'll be more than willing to do that so and it's out there maybe you could maybe you could trade chris davis back to milwaukee if we're gonna have a dh yeah it's not a bad idea with that at this point um yeah why not yeah so well, thanks, guys. No, this is good. I hope our next show is going to be as optimistic, and uh, you know, we're looking forward to a, a a new schedule and you know, actual Brewers baseball and opponents that we can talk about and get back to the game a little bit. Very excited for for that, and any semblance of a return to normalcy, I think, is going to be good for for the country, good for uh, Milwaukee, and good for our show. Quite frankly, it'll definitely be interesting to see an actual schedule put together again and you know you'll know it'll be happening at that point and then it's just like the first day of uh spring training every year uh or uh the first games of spring training it's just say what the very first time i look at a box score every year i get super excited about the forthcoming season like i did this year um but i think the same thing when the first game happens official game happens that back up again and there's actual baseball box score it'll just be like all right america on the comeback we'll see here so Yep, no, hope it'd be true. Yep, I, I agree. Actually, the thing that I'm, I'm probably, um, it's really getting to me the most is that um, every single commercial on TV now, I have to hear like uncertain times, the new normal, like uh, we're all in this together. I just want to be like, shut up. Like we get it. We know. We're, we know that we're like in, you know, these uncertain times and all that kind of stuff. I can't leave my house basically. So like, you don't have to remind me every 30 seconds. Come on, like something new. It, it just drives me up the wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're we're going to do a whole podcast. We're going to air your grievance on most of your pet peeves. I think that would be a very entertaining episode actually. Absolutely. I do that. We should Thank do, we should do like a, um, like a, 
10 beer episode where we each have like 10 beers and then um, <laughs> we'll just have an episode and, and see what happens. That wasn't this episode? Oh. God, I, I don't think I've had 10 beers all year. I, really? You can have shots, um, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever works. Uh, I think I think this one's a wrap, guys. Good job, Scott. Awesome. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. All we right, haven't we'll taped get... in a while, so we thought we'd go a little long on this one. Absolutely. Right, well, let's let Vince and Scott both get back to their camping. Yep. And, uh, yeah. I'll continue working from home, and yeah, that's all good, guys. Coming up, hopefully. So, all right. Remember to go birds and stay classy, Wisconsin Supreme Court. Yeah. Stay, <laughs> stay classy, Wisconsin. Your brewers, stay safe. Go brewers. Do 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 do. I only brought two beers over to my desk here. I really should have brought more.